Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello and welcome, my friends. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for being here live on the air with me. I am always so grateful for you, for each one of you, for listening to my show live, archived, and also for downloading the show on iTunes. I do appreciate you all. Much love to you. Just a quick introduction. I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional life coaching company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. Some of the areas that affect our life are as follows but not limited to our personal growth, professional growth, money, finances, spirituality, health, fitness, and also overall the quality of life. On this show, we have guests that come and help me along the way, and sometimes I host the show solo. Before I bring on my guests, I would like to set my intention as usual. My intention of doing this show is to help inspire you. I like to help inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's all up to you. All I ask of you on the show is to have an open mind and an open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your right, your life, so make the decision that is right for you. My guests are professional in their field, so if you like, you can reach them directly from the information I provide on the show. And remember, the show is intended to be for information purpose and also thought-provoking. If you'd like to know more about me and how I can help you and be in service to you, please visit my website at www.coachingbyria.com. You can also send me a message here on the show, so make sure you follow the show for up-to-date information. You can also email me at coachria, one word, at gmail.com. That's coachria at gmail.com. I'm also on Skype, so please reach out to me if I can help you in any way. I would also like to announce that my new audiobook, Your Life, Your Way, The 10 Must-Have Goals to Improve Your Life, it is finally out and released for you to enjoy and use as tools to help you set and achieve the right goals for you so you can improve and change your life for the better. So check out the link in the bottom of the show page. And uh, you can also go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com and you'll be able to access the link to uh, the audiobook and how you can purchase it. Now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to our guest, Dr. Walter Jacobson. Dr. Jacobson is a psychiatrist, a motivational speaker, and a best-selling author on Amazon, Forgive to Win, and Self-Sabotage, Create the Life You Want. Dr. Jacobson is experienced in helping people to achieve happiness, well-being, and success without the use of medication. Dr. Jacobson believes with the right tools and training, just about anyone can manifest happy, satisfied life. Dr. Jacobson is a California licensed psychiatrist certified with the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology is launching a new program called Emotional Wellness 101. We will be discussing Dr. Jacobson's upcoming program and get some more information from him. But I just wanted to remind our listeners, the show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. My guest is professional in his field, and if you like, To reach him directly, please visit his website and is listed in the show page. And we will repeat that in the end of the show as well, as I mentioned. And we're going to look at the alternative of how you could help yourself 
deal with your emotion, manage your anxiety, control your impulses, and effectively communicate with others, and hopefully without the use of medication. But again, if you need help and you need a professional help, seek professional help. And uh, all we do here on the show is provide information and for you to make the decision that is right for you. So now please help me welcome our guest, Dr. Walter Jacobson. Hello, Walter. Thank you for being here, my friend. Hey, thank you. Uh, Glad to be here. You know, did you did you hear like I sound like I'm trying to justify what I'm about to say here on the show? <laughs> Keep saying, please, 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 you know, use common sense. But you know, again, I I uh, want to emphasize it is for information purpose. Dr. Jacobson, it is profe- He is a professional uh, psychiatrist, and uh, whatever he says on the show, you know, he says from a professional uh, uh, perspective. So thank you for being here again. Sure. Okay. Um, well, let's start, let's start by talking a little bit about your new program, uh, Wellness 101. Sure. And, uh, yeah, tell us what goes on with most of us and why do we jump to use medications right away. Okay, uh, basically the, uh, the reason why people uh, usually resort to medications is because uh, on some level their lives are unmanageable. Either they have a tremendous amount of depression, they can't, control or mood swings or anger they can't control or they have anxiety and panic attacks they don't they can't seem to control or uh or impulsivities uh you know impulsive uh, or or compulsive or obsessive behaviors that they can't control and so uh because they can't control these things on their own with their mind they resort to a chemical that can basically chemically restrain them and bring down the depression bring down the anger and impulsivity and anxiety uh, the downside is that, you know, some people this is necessary, but for many people, if they would just do the work, if they would just figure out their insecurities, understand what their fears are, understand about their resentments that they're carrying towards others, understand their vulnerabilities, what triggers them to uh, to get angry or defensive, if they would understand these things and then have t- uh, p- uh, cognitive tools to talk themselves down, to reality check for themselves, to uh, to look at the data and decide whether they really do need to be reactive and angry or depressed or anxious they can people can control their emotions they can bring themselves back to baseline they don't have to go out into the ozone of aggression or or depression or anxiety so uh and they won't need to rely on these medicines which ultimately are are chemicals that are toxic that uh, do build up in the system they don't they're not a magic pill they don't make people happy they just mm-hmm. help people to sort of uh, accept difficult situations and uh, and get through their lives but that's not what really we want for people we really want people to have very satisfying lives and very satisfying relationships and 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 not to be victimizing themselves with their thoughts and their uh, emotions and so that's what emotional wellness 101 is all about how to teach people not to be a victim of their mind how to teach people how to control their thoughts rather than be controlled by them and when you can control your thoughts you can control your emotions and you can control your behaviors, and then you tend to like attract and create the life that you want. You know, you you said it really uh, very well. And just before we we went on the air, I was discussing with you a, a personal experience. I used to suffer with anxiety attack years ago, and it started for me when I was in college. And I didn't know anything about anxiety attacks. And all I remember, I was sitting in in the lecture room. And then I saw, you know, most people who have, you know, experienced anxiety attack, you know, it feels like you're having a heart attack. You know, your heart is beating really fast. You're sweating. You you just feel out of control. Your body feels out of control. And I remember being rushed, you know. Uh, fortunately, at that time, my sister was taking the same class with me, and she rushed me rushed me to the university hospital. And uh, they said, oh, you just have an anxiety attack. It's like no big deal, you know. And, you know, all I remember, I was taking, you know, anxiety uh, medication to control my anxiety. And for years, I was taking it. I knew I wasn't feeling good with it. I went back to my doctor, and I kept telling him, it's like, I just don't feel right with them. These medications are doing other things to me, and I'm not really happy with it. So I'm just, the reason I'm sharing my personal experience, because, again, you know, I, I just wanted to um, emphasize to the listeners, you know, it's, it's a different situation for a different person. And, and the reason I'm sharing my experience is just to tell you, you know, there is work needs to be done. And and I'll, until I 
came to that conclusion that I needed to connect with my mind. I need to figure out exactly what is bringing on these anxiety attacks. Why was I anxious? And what happened before I experienced that anxiety attack? So I started documenting, you know, events and, and situations that was bringing it on. And, and just by simplifying and commanding my mind to tell me exactly, you know, why am I feeling this way? Because, I mean, you are a psychiatrist, and you can please correct me if I'm wrong. You know, we, fe- we think and then we feel, right? So the, the thought brings on the feeling. Mm-hmm. So if we can manage these thoughts and manage what is going on, wouldn't you think we'll be able to, to manage how we feel? Yeah, absolutely, and you, you, you're absolutely right. Uh, thoughts precede emotions, and thoughts will precede anxiety. And what causes anxiety and panic attacks are usually uh, uh, thoughts of conflict. Uh, they're fear thoughts, uh, some uh, catastrophic thought about the future. What if this, what if that what might happen? It's basically anxiety is a mind that's out of control and terrorizing itself with all of these thoughts. Now, sometimes these uh, thoughts, people are aware of something that triggered the anxiety, uh, but a lot of times people are not aware, they're, they're not in touch, uh, these thoughts are somewhat unconscious, and, and that's why you have to, in order to work on yourself and heal yourself, you have to do what you did, which was, well, let me look at my thoughts. What was I doing just mm-hmm. before I got really anxious and panicky? Was somebody talking to me? Was I, uh, you know, was I watching TV? Was there a commercial on TV about a mother and a daughter having a wonderful mm-hmm. relationship? And that triggered uh, my anxiety about the relationship I have with my mother. You, you start to look at the stuff of your day. You look at the contents of your mind. And you start to learn about what your unconscious and subconscious fear thoughts are, what your conflicts are that trigger the anxiety. Once you, once you identify the hot thought, once you identify the, the you know, anxiety-provoking thought, then you can look at it and go, is this realistic? Is this a realistic fear or is this a fear based on my insecurity? You know, when you start worrying about, well, what if I, what if I break up with so-and-so and then I never find another relationship and I, uh, I end up dying alone? And then you have this huge panic attack at the thought of dying alone when that's not really realistic. Uh, if you work your tools, if you work your life, if you learn from past mistakes and relationships, the odds are you can eventually find a relationship that's healthy and sustainable. So you are able to talk yourself down. You say, that's a catastrophic fear thought. It's not real. I'm terrorizing myself. I don't have to go there. Uh, you know. And, uh, and when you do this enough, you reinforce this behavior enough, eventually it becomes a habit where you're able to, mm-hmm. to recognize the fear thought, recognize the anxiety thought, correct it, uh, challenge it, correct it, and you'll see, you literally will see and feel the anxiety come down. And the more you practice mm-hmm. this, the better you get at it. Well, there's a lot of great tips that I've used myself, but I think you, you said it beautifully. And one of the things I, that I really um, can add to this on my professional level and my, you know, being, you know, working also with, with um, a client, even working with myself, you know, to, to, to um to uh, um, explain it that way, I think fear, fear is the cause of most of our stress and anxiety. And like you said before, if we can actually analyze the fear, what are we afraid of? And, and so what? And keep taking it down to really to get to the bottom of it. And so like you said, you know, I'm afraid that I'm never going to find somebody. So what would happen if you can't find somebody? And then, well, you know, I might get too old, you know, before I find somebody. Okay, so what would happen if you get too old and you can't find somebody? And I guess the questions, asking these questions, you know, to come down to the bottom of the actual, you know, cause of your anxiety and problem, you know, you will be able to hopefully ease your um your pain and your stress and your anxiety. And, of course, with the help of someone like yourself and, and, and a lot of different things that you can reach out and get some help And before you take the shortcut. I always say there is no shortcut to life. You know, when we try to take a shortcut, we cut ourselves short. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, this, you know, it, it takes work uh, to uh, to sort of transform your mind and heal your mind and get control of it. And uh, a lot of times it's it's hard work that people don't want to do. And if they can take a pill that just sort of like uh, evens them out, they they feel, okay, that's all they really want to do. But uh, like I said, unfortunately, it numbs people. Uh, it uh, it doesn't really help people to change and grow. It makes people more complacent and dull. So, uh, I, you know, my feeling about medicine is if you, if you know, some people need it, I'm not going to challenge that. But sometimes people should just use it temporarily while they work the therapy. And then when the therapy becomes uh, effective, 
effective when their their toolkit uh, that they've that they've learned becomes a, a useful. They're able to use it effectively. Then you try to peel away the medicine, and 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 don't use it as a way of life, but simply as sort of like a you might use a crutch when you break a leg. Eventually, your leg heals, and you get rid of the crutch. Eventually, your mind heals. Hopefully, you get rid of the medications. So um, so you're right, but though that fear is usually the underlying cause of a tremendous amount of anxiety and anger, and those fears are often fear of abandonment, fear of success, fear mm-hmm. of failure, fear of rejection, disapproval, fear of looking stupid. There's all sorts of fears, and uh, and I just want, I'll throw this in now that one, you know, when you're looking at your life and you're looking at your fear, you know, if there's something you can do about uh, the thing you're afraid of that might happen, then take action. But if there's right. nothing you can do about it, like, hey, maybe there's going to be an earthquake someday, maybe there'll be a terrorist attack, there's someday. nothing really we can do about that, right. you have, you know, then, then you've got to accept what you can't change. It's the right. serenity prayer. But there are things we can change, and that's what people have to learn to do, is the, try to be fearless in looking at their fears. Don't, don't Try to avoid being in denial. Try to avoid rationalizing. Try to look honestly at yourself and your thoughts, and then you have a chance to intervene, make better choices, make better thought choices, and then you'll have, uh, the emotions will come into place. You know, the interesting thing about this, you, you said it beautifully, but the interesting thing also, um, not but, but I to add, the interesting thing about this, when we think thoughts of anxiety and stress and fear, we actually create it into the future. Like you said, mo- some of the things we have no control over, and it didn't even happen. You know, so in our mind it happened. So therefore, we feel anxious about it. We get anxiety. You know, we get anxious, and 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 things start to deteriorate uh, from that point. But the bottom line is, first of all, it's a perception, or it can also be related to all beliefs about certain things that you had inherited. You know, so please, can you you know discuss this a little bit about some old beliefs that we tend to live our life from those old beliefs and think life could be the same like the way our grandparents lived it or the way we were told we were supposed to live? Well, yeah. Um, I think to, to a large degree, uh, people develop that based upon their, their upbringing and their, and their childhood and, uh, and a lot of messages that they get, verbal and nonverbal messages that they get from the people who are raising them, parents or or grandparents, whoever they might be, they get a lot of messages from teachers and peers, and but mainly from the parents. And uh, if the p- parents, uh, hey, it's it's not easy being parents, and most parents really don't know how to do it real well. There's no class, and and uh, most people are are dysfunctional. Most families are dis- dysfunctional, and so what happens is the parents uh, usually accidentally. Uh, will shame their children or or uh, or make them feel guilty or put them into double binds where if they say one thing they get punished if they say the uh, the opposite they might get punished so the the the, uh, the child develops a whole set of internal labels about him him or herself so like I'm stupid I'm not good enough things will never work out uh, you know I'm foolish I'm silly I'm ugly you know I'm inconsiderate I'm unloving I'm bad mm-hmm. I'm evil these are all labels and messages that mm-hmm. that people get. When mm-hmm. parents are trying to just discipline or when parents get very frustrated, but these labels are shaming and they create guilt and they create like uh, this dysfunction in the child. And so then the, the child develops defense mechanisms to try to navigate childhood, uh, but these things get internalized and they get, and they get stuck. And then when they're adults... And they no longer have to buy into the childhood labels. It's too late. They're already locked into their unconscious. They're locked into their sense of mm-hmm. self. And so now you've got to break through. Mm-hmm. Now you've got to identify all these uh, all, all this negative thinking. You've got to identify the, the, this inner critic, which is always putting you down. You've got to identify these labels and challenge them, and, and recognize that uh, just because you know your parents uh, kept on telling you that you're that you are, are an underachiever and you don't work hard enough. Enough and you're never going to amount to anything, and you're stupid. Doesn't mean that you are, and uh, and you have to challenge that, and you have to challenge because what happens is those messages then create our our emotions and our behaviors. So mm-hmm. if you've been told all along your whole life that you're not good enough and you're not smart enough and that you're an underachiever and you're never going to succeed, then when you are an adult and you try to go forward and make something happen. You'll sabotage yourself because you've got mm-hmm. this belief system about yourself, which is extremely powerful. So that's why you've got to do the work. If you're getting mm-hmm. in your own way, if you have sabotaging behaviors, if you're procrastinating and not doing things that you know are in your best interests, you're attacking yourself. And you're attacking yourself because of these unconscious uh, you know, messages and self-loathing. And so mm-hmm. we challenge you. You've got to 
bring them to consciousness, challenge those those uh, self labels, and uh, and kind of recreate yourself. And then when you do, again, a lot of the anxiety, depression, anger, defensiveness, guilt, and shame all goes away, and uh, and what takes its place is happiness and contentment, inner peace. You know, I mean, it, it, to some listeners, they might think, oh, this is easy set. But again, I like to emphasize what Dr. Jacobson had mentioned. Work needs to be done. Work needs to be done. I've done a lot of work on myself, and I continue to do it. I, I continue to improve myself because there's always – life happens. And, and see, the thing is about life. You know, we are uh, um, exposed to the external world, to the media, to the society, and what society expects from us and what society, you know, what's, what should be accepted and what should not be accepted. And if we keep feeding from the outside to what we already have, there is no room for us to grow or to be free ourselves from these sabotaging, you know, uh, behavior and the anxiety that we, we feel. Isn't that correct, Dr. Jacobson? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, uh I think you were sort of touching upon this idea of uh, of sort of peer pressure or, or or what the external world kind of labels you or uh, the world you know the external world tries to uh, con- control us with media and with advertising to make us mm-hmm. believe that we should be a certain way and it's all very it's it's all very seductive and it's all very dangerous we are being bombarded with all sorts mm-hmm. of of controlling messages throughout mm-hmm. the day from everybody in work play on tv computer uh, some some of it's subliminal and under consciousness other mm-hmm. other parts of it is quite quite blatant and obvious but the point is you must, you need to know thyself you really got to understand who you are and not buckle uh, by uh, peer pressure don't be manipulated by other people's expectations of you decide for yourself the kind of person you want to be and then right. every day try to be that person and then every night look, do an inventory and look and say how, do, how was I today was it was I the person I, want, I wanted to be if yes good pat yourself on the back and keep doing it if no make a course correction but you're right it takes work every day it takes conscious effort mm-hmm. consciousness to keep in the forefront of your mind the truth because the subconscious mind and the ego is insidious and it will just get in there and try to like bring you right back to unconsciousness, right back right. to self-destruction, right back to anger and depression, anxiety, you know, defensiveness. So uh, you have to always be on the alert for that inner critic and your subconscious mind that's trying to defeat you. And uh, and if you are conscious and you do pay attention, you're vigilant over your thoughts, you're reflective about your behaviors, you're willing to take criticism and learn and grow, you will get better. But, right, it takes work. It takes it the takes work. Effort. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I would like to share um, on a personal level, which I also had mentioned on the show, I'm sure, many times, you know, you know, to ask yourself, I do this, and I still consciously do it now. Um, before, it used to be deliberate. I'm like, now it becomes a habit, you know, because now you create a new habit. We talk about, you know, getting rid of something old by creating a new habit, and you have to do it. And I think in psychology, it's like 90 days it takes to actually implement a new, uh, um, a new habit. You have to keep doing it. Is that uh-huh. correct? Or? Well, you know, it's weird that people throw around a lot of different kind of numbers. Some people say it takes 21 days to lock in uh, a new behavior change. I personally believe 90 days is much more realistic. Right. Uh, yeah. But but the thought is goes like this. I mean, I I bring on two questions to bring me back to conscious level. You know, so nothing unconscious keep putting in like you know in my mind. I ask myself those two questions. What am I thinking about, and how am I feeling? So what am I thinking about right now, and how am I feeling right now? And I think by consciously asking myself these questions, is keep bringing myself back, you know, to really, is this true? Is this true? So if I'm thinking about something and it's, it's, you know, it's not lined up with who I really am and what I want out of life, you know, then maybe I need to re-examine uh, this thought. Is this really true? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I found this to be helpful for me, uh, well, you know. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that is the process. Is you look at your emotions, you look at your thoughts. Your thoughts precede emotions. So uh, negative thoughts will generate negative emotions in general. Positive thoughts generate positive emotions. So if you've got, uh, so if you look at your thoughts and you recognize that they're negative. Uh, and pessimistic and cynical, or they they may be totally skewed by your fear, and so they're just completely uh, misinterpretation of data. You look at somebody, mm-hmm. they frown at you, and you think 
and you get angry because you think they don't like you. And it might be they just have an upset stomach or they're worried about uh, getting fired and it has nothing to do with you. But we right. project all of our fears onto other people and then, right. then, then that creates uh, anxiety and depression and anger and then we're off and running. So you're right. You've got to look at the contents of your mind. Look at your thoughts and ask yourself, is, what's the evidence or data that this person doesn't like me or that this person is being mean to me? Or what's the evidence or data that I should be worried about X, Y, or Z? If there is none, then you reassure yourself and you remind yourself to relax and calm down. It's all okay. Nothing bad is happening. I don't have to go down this emotional uh, road. And, uh, and then you distract yourself. You put your mind on something else. When the ego tries to bring your mind back to the same garbage, you again go, no, time out, not going to go there. I already analyzed this situation. This is my insecurity speaking. It's not reality. I'm not, I have no need to be depressed or anxious or angry over this. I can be okay. And then, you're, and then you distract yourself. And again, your mind will try to bring you back. But the more you do this, the more you reinforce the truth of who you are and, uh, and, you know, and challenge your insecurities and fears, like I said, eventually it becomes a new habit, which is what you're talking about. Eventually you replace this old way of thinking with a new way of thinking, and the new way of thinking leads to healthier and more stable emotions and behaviors. I have a lot of tons of questions for you. We're going to take a short break because I think, you know, I, I love this because, I mean, like, again, this is not scripted, so we just, we're just discussing a lot of different things here. I just wanted to remind our listener, we are, you are listening to Dr. Walter Jacobson, a California licensed psychiatrist, certified with the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology, and uh, we are going to be, after the break, discussing his new um, program that he's going to be launching soon, Wellness Program uh, 101. Uh, emotional Wellness 101. And uh, so please stay tuned. I just want to remind you, give you the number. If you want to ask a question, if you have a question to ask Dr. Jacobson, you can call us at 626-213-5773. There should be a Skype icon, so if you're an international caller or out of town place, you want to use Skype, please use Skype from the page. And uh, the chat room is open. You're welcome to put your questions there and we will be right back so stay tuned your life now radio show with coach ria will return in just a few moments i love what maya angelo had to say about the power of the spoken word she said i quote words mean more than what is set down on paper it takes the human voice to infuse them with deeper meaning end quote and that is the reason I made the decision to put my words into an audiobook. So please check out my spoken words in my new audiobook, Your Life, Your Way. The 10 must-have goals to improve your life. It's now available. You can either go to my website at www.coachingbyria.com and purchase it there. Or you can visit the link I have provided for you in the show page. And I will post. Okay, my friends, welcome back. You are your life now, radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for being here um, in the studio today. Dr. Walter Jacobson, an MD, a California licensed psychiatrist, Certified with the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology is uh, launching a new wellness program, um, Emotional Wellness 101. And we are discussing, we haven't really got into the talking about the program yet, but before the break, Dr. Jacobson, welcome back. Um, thank you for being here. We were talking about our emotion and what are we afraid of and our thoughts and how we can do some of the, the internal work to, to better ourselves. So um, let's jump into the program. Let me ask you this. What brought on the, this, this whole concept? I mean, you've been practicing, you know, um, psychiatries and, and, and you see clients. Why, why this program? Well, um, basically, uh, I, I was actually approached by uh, Dr. Pam Popper, who uh, has a, what's, uh, a website called the Wellness Forum. And what she has done is uh, she has advised people about uh, plant-based nutrition and other forms of nutrition designed to uh, help people get off medicines like diabetes medicine, cholesterol medicine, high blood pressure medicine, that helps them to lose weight. And so she basically had a 
had a program designed for physical illnesses to help people get off the, the toxic chemicals to, to regulate these physical illnesses, and she's been very successful at it. She's taught people how to lose weight, get off uh, these, uh, these uh, diabetes, blood pressure, cholesterol medicines, etc., and, uh, and live healthier and happier lives. So she actually approached me and said, look, I think we can do the same thing with psychiatric medicines. I think if we, if we can come up with a program where we can teach people uh, when they get depressed, anxious, angry, impulsive, we can teach them to step back, calm down, look at the data, control their mind, we can get them to a place where all of these things that trigger the need for medication are no longer there, and they can hopefully get off their medications. And so uh, I basically jumped in and said, this is a great idea. I want to be a part of it. And so we, we, we are developing this Emotional Wellness 101, uh, an entire toolkit of uh, positive psychology tools, cognitive therapy tools, spiritual tools, communication skills, stress management tools, and support system tools. And the whole idea is you don't, even, you don't have to be on medications to have these work for you. Uh, these, these are great skills. You can be, you can learn to be your own psychiatrist, your own therapist, basically, and and you can heal yourself. But if you are on medicines, we we teach you these skills first. Once they're in place and you're using them effectively, then we start to taper and peel away the medicines and hopefully hopefully get you off of them. So uh, that's how it came about. And uh, and I am a big believer in. Uh, that these medicines, uh, that we don't know enough about them. Right. That even though right. they help a lot of people, they do, uh, right. we don't know enough about the long-term effects of these medicines. And uh, and I fear that they are toxic and they are pr- probably decreasing people's longevity uh, in the long run. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. And I can tell you, I mean, from my personal experience, when I used to take them, myself on uh, some of the anxiety you know i didn't feel good i definitely did not feel good about when i was on them and i made the decision you know finally um to um to 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 go a different route but like i said i mentioned on the show in the beginning of the show i mean the show is really for information purpose you know you can reach dr jacobson directly um on his website and get some more information from him and uh but you know if you are on some medication don't just say oh i heard it on cotria's you know um show that i'm supposed to take off you know g- get off the medication don't do that without like supervision and stuff like that so you know please use conscious and 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 do what is right for you i just want to put that out there so people really understand we're not telling you to just stop taking your medication it's you know it works for people and some people need it and and there um there's a even, you know, some situation where it's a life and death situation. So please, please, please use conscious. Um, uh, use your mind and, and, and focus, you know, on what is right for you. Um, so, Dr. Jacobson, you know, one of the things that I, you know, comes to my mind when I'm thinking about medication, and I think it's like a, like a, a Band-Aid, right? It's a temporary relief. Um, it might, you know, help you um, in a short run, in a short term, but it's, it's actually causing a lot of harm in the long term. And I think if we can start, you know, become more educated, and I, I believe that really knowledge is, is power, right? I mean, you know, the more we know, the better we are, you know, and, and we shouldn't really just listen to what other people tell us is right for us because nobody knows what is right for you except you, you know, and I think that's, that's really, you know, my own um, perception on this thing and what I think is, is really should be a fact for anybody to make a decision what is right for them and what is not. Um, not based on what, you know, whether it's a pharmaceutical company telling you or your doctor keeps telling you because it's just an easy solution instead of, you know, seeing somebody suffering. Like I said, you know, in, in some situation, um, it's necessary. Uh, you know, can you add to that, please? I mean, just can you, you know, even correct me if I'm, you know, um, not saying it right? Well, um, I, I, look, basically, uh, yeah, you need to be informed. When you, if you go to a psychiatrist, let's say, uh, for to get an evaluation and to see if there's a need for medicine or you feel you might want medicine, that's fine. But ask the questions. Don't just take a doctor's more likely, a psychiatrist is more likely to just write a script mm-hmm. Rather than uh, explore the dynamics of of your life, your personality, your mind, your relationships, they're just it's that's the way the the, uh, the system has uh, has developed over the last twenty thirty years. Is uh, the psychiatrists tend to write, the psychologists tend to talk more. So so that's going to be his default mode is is in in general writing a script, and and, and so you want to like 
keep an open mind about the possibility of therapy, uh, at the very least in conjunction with it, if not holding off on the medicine for a while and seeing what you can do with the therapy. But uh, but then when the doctor says, oh, I'm going to give you uh, Abilify because it will help with the depression, and you're watching TV and, it, and, you know, and there's this long laundry list of, you know, hey, if you take this medicine, you get a sudden backache or a sudden death or, you know, or you can't breathe or it causes, uh, you know, gout, I mean, you've you got to realize that that's a powerful drug. If mm-hmm. Those are all the disclaimers. Yeah, that, that, those things don't happen to everybody who takes it, but, but it's happened to somebody who took right. it during a clinical trial. So, so you've got to ask your doctor, well, what, you know, they've got this big laundry list of, uh, of, of things that the side effects that this medicine can do. What about that? How much do I have to worry about that? What's the long-term effects of having these medicines on board? Um, you know, you've got to ask that. And, and not only do you want to ask your doctor about this, but you should really Google all your questions before you even go into the doctor's <laughs> office, you know, so that you are actually to some degree informed and, and right. understand the terminology and can ask more intelligent questions. Uh, right. But a lot of times doctors are very uncomfortable about talking about short-term side effects and long-term side effects, and to a large degree it's because they don't know right. uh, or they don't want to deal with it. They'd much rather right. just, you know, you know, 20 years from now, they're, going to be, they're not going to be in practice anymore, and, you, you know, you may have a, uh, you know, a, a muscle twitch or tick or, or, you know, or movement disorder, and, uh, and he's long gone. So these are harsh Reality, though, but it could happen. It could happen, and, and it's, it's very sure. real. It's not. So you be know. informed. Ask questions. You mm-hmm. know, you know. Don't assume that the doctor is like you know, knows everything, and has your and necessarily has your best interests at heart. Because the doctor may be well intentioned, but may have been trained to see uh, everything in terms of this psychopharmacology model, and that's not necessarily the best way to go. Yeah, I mean, like again, I don't want to judge, you know, the medical field, pharmaceutical, whatever. But I think it's it's uh, like I know from my experience, it was so easy for me to just go to my doctor, and this is my family doctor, and just say, "Can you write me a prescription for um, Xanax? Was it for anxiety? Xanax? I I didn't even have to tell him why. You know, it's like, okay, what was it? You know, I'm anxious. Okay, here you go, and it was written down for me. And and you know, I mean, I think it's it's. Uh, it's hard to believe that, you know, it's easy, it's so accessible. I mean, you live in California and you practice in California. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, judge anybody, but I mean, there's like almost over half of, of Americans are on some kind of, you know, medication or, or, or um, uh, antidepressant or, anti, you know, anti-anxiety and, and, and so on and so forth. It's just because it's so easy to get it. But the bottom line, these are drugs. Yeah, and you know, and just just to take the Xanax as an example, uh, you, you know, it is a quick fix. It will uh, help with a panic attack. It can kick in and, and relax you, and it'll get out of your system. However, it you know, sometimes some doctors do go into detail. Some doctors don't. It's uh, it can be sedating. It can be cognitively impairing. It can affect your reflex flexes and coordination. You can get into a car accident if you're on this medicine and not fully aware of the dulling effect it's having on you. Over the long run, it will cause depression. And and over the long run, it's addicting. And and for a lot of people, they develop a tolerance, they take higher doses, and eventually they've got a drug addiction problem, and then they have to detox off of the Xanax. And still, they aren't any closer to understanding their anxiety. So, uh, yeah, if you you feel the need to go down a, a medicine road, okay, but look closely look carefully make sure that you've explored other alternatives and uh, and always try to work on understanding yourself your fears your insecurities your hot triggers the people who push your buttons try to understand better try to you know and uh, and try to use tools and uh, for for the most part you'd be amazed at how many people can get off these drugs when they do that yeah, and, and, you know, the thing is, uh, you know, one of the other things about, you know, some of these medications, it actually, um, they, you know, I, I've seen it with relative, you know, people that I know close to me, you know, where, you know, young girls having like a, a suicide thought, you know, because of a certain medication. I mean, you know, it just, to me, it's it's really harsh reality, you know, unfortunately, that, you know, we have to go that route you know, to save somebody. And like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't emphasize more my point that I'm not telling anybody to stop taking medication. I'm just saying, you know, you got to examine the alternative. you got to see what is going on with your life, you know, because the, the consequences of some of these medications are really, for some people, are really severe. 
And uh, um, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. It's just really not worth it. That's, that's all I can say, you know. I mean, to, to you know, it, it's just uh, a lot of research needs to be done. And I think a lot of us, and that comes on our end, not expecting, you know, your doctor to know more about you, like you mentioned before, about your family history, about your relationship, about what's going on in your life, because they don't know. All right. they treat is the symptoms. Right. Um, they're not treating the person, and that is what I feel it's really wrong with, you know, how we handle, you know, most people. You know, it's, it's we treat the symptoms, we don't treat the patient. Right, absolutely. So and tell us a little bit more about your program, because I don't want to get too because, I mean, I, I can start, you know, and I don't know I'm going to slip and say something that is not supposed oh, to be said. Okay, well, ba- basically, uh, the, the first part of the program is a self-assessment. Okay. And that's where we rigorously uh, help people to look at their their family history, to look at uh, you know their insecurities, their fears, their self-image, the vulnerabilities, to look at their resentments, their guilt thoughts, their shame thoughts, their hot thoughts. We you know we help them to look at their symptoms and their diagnoses and uh, etc. And so uh, because the, the best way to really be able to control your mind is to first have a solid understanding of it, have an understanding of who you are, what your insecurities and fears are what your stressors are and how you know and how, how you react to environmental circumstances and then once you understand that then you go then we go into the toolkit training phase and as i said this involves cognitive therapy how to how to look at catastrophic thinking and change it how to be in the present as opposed to staying stuck in the past with your guilt and shame and, and regret how to how to be in the present how to be in the now instead of in the future worrying about what if this what if that uh, you want to be in the now you want to get rid of catastrophic fear thoughts you want to get rid of, of, of misperceptions uh, by looking at the data uh, so we and we teach the positive psychology principles about uh, basically counting your blessings looking for the blessings in disguise uh, learning how to neutralize that voice of your inner critic how to replace it with your inner colleague that voice which really is your higher self which really does have a have wisdom and knows what's best for you if you can just turn off the noise you know uh, so we have uh, the spiritual principles uh, a lot of people sabotage themselves and get in their own way because of guilt, shame, and self-loathing that's deeply embedded in their unconscious mind. When we learn to get out of our ego and be uh, and engage in esteemable acts of kindness towards others, when we learn to get rid of our resentments and our harsh judgments of others, we're actually healing ourselves. So we teach people about how to get rid of judgment and attack thoughts, how to be tolerant and accepting. It's really important. And uh, and the more people do that and, and release their judgmental, harsh judgmental thoughts, become more accepting and tolerant and, and, and forgiving of others, they're actually, in a way, becoming more accepting, tolerant, and forgiving of themselves. And then we give people communication skills, because most people don't know how to argue fairly. They don't know how to argue appropriately, how to debate and and mediate uh, differences. All they end up doing is interrupting, attacking, blaming, accusing, looking at, judging people from the past. Uh, And uh, and so uh, most people fail at relationships because they have very poor communication skills. We teach those as well, and stress management tools as well. And then once they've got this toolkit training, down. They've got this incredible array of skills to use to regulate uh, everything. Then we uh, give them a period of time to practice it, and and they and we give them they give me feedback and we give them suggestions. And then, if they are on the plan to uh, get off medicines, then with their doctor, with their prescribing doctor, we come up with a plan to very slowly, very gradually, one medicine at a time, lower them, get them off them, and uh, and then. There they are. Then they're able to go forward in their lives and hopefully live much more effective, self-actualizing lives. So, and then, and then obviously it goes back to the last phase, which is the maintenance. You know, to maintaining the. Um, right. You know, yeah. Exactly. Right. So a- after they're off the medicines, then you know there still could be a period of time where uh, obviously symptoms and uh, and emotions can jump up. So. We have a, a, a sort of a maintenance phase too. That's still that's part of the program where people uh, continue to get feedback, continue, continue to get help using their tools, and then hopefully after this maintenance phase of being off medicine and not having emotional traumas, then they're done with the program and then they're completely self-sufficient. And so, what's the 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 time frame for this uh, for this program for someone like who? Um, let's say sign in, sign in with you as soon as the program, you know, becomes. Okay. Uh, 
Right now, uh, we are actually in, in still in the process of, of, uh, of finalizing the design of the program, but there, it's going to be done in, in, in phases, in, in right. modules or phases. So like there'll be like an eight-week phase of, uh, of doing all of the uh, uh, assessment and skills training, and there might be an eight-week phase of doing the medication tapering, and then another eight-week phase perhaps of the, of, of the maintenance. So we are actually not, not yet got it all figured out in terms of cost and how many weeks and this and that, we will, uh, within a few weeks, uh, if people want information, they should go to what my, you know, just basically go to my website and, uh, and they can find my email and just send me an email saying, you know, when you got this down, uh, we would want more information on it and I'll, I'll save that and get it to them when we're ready to, to launch. Well, I think this is great because, you know, I wanted to mention that you heard it first here on my show. Um, you know, the the program is going to be fantastic, and I, I really, you know, believe all these phases that you're going to be taking, um, you know, people uh, through because, you know, we do need to have self-assessment. I think this is really important, and then that's your phase one. And then, you know, talk about all the um, the toolkit training, you know, including, you know, the, the cognitive therapy techniques, the positive psychology principles, um, you mentioned the spiritual principles and techniques and communication skills, which is like it's huge. I mean, I I, I talk about this in my audio book. Like it's like the main thing in our life, you know, communication skills. Because unless we know how to express ourselves too and how we communicate with others, it's it's you know we tend to sabotage a lot of uh, you know a lot of things. And of course, you talk about the support system, you know, that they will receive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's throughout the the program, and of course the 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 tapering of the medication, um, and um, and then the maintenance part. And I think you know it's you got a great great uh, program coming up. And I you know I, I think this is I wish I knew about it earlier. Maybe I can have been part of it too. Oh but, well, thanks. Let, let me just add something else that you mentioned about the support system because it, you know a lot of times people think that when they're going to do some very intense change in their life. Yes, it's good to have a support system, but a lot of times people think that, that their support system should be their family, their mother or their father or a brother or a sister, someone who, who they know loves them. And, and oftentimes that's obviously a good way to go, to have family members in your support system in addition to friends. But you've got to be careful because sometimes people uh, in families and friends as well may be threatened by uh, the changes that you want to make. Oh, and they may, they may be conflicted and they may have uh, another agenda. So one part of them may be happy for you and want to help you and support you, but another part may actually you know, make, it may make them uncomfortable that you're making these changes and they're not. Perhaps you'll get well and abandon them. And so they may do things to subtly or not so subtly sabotage you and get, off, get you off your, your game. So that, uh, when you develop a support system, make sure these are people who don't have another agenda, who truly want to help you and reinforce uh, this program that you're trying to accomplish. So, I mean, from what I'm listening from you as well, um, to add to that is, first of all, you need to make a decision that you want to do something with your life. You know, you want to change, you want to improve your life, you want to do, you know, get off uh, and taper yourself off the medication if you are on any, or you just want to do the wellness program just because you, you know, you want to get better, you know, and and have a better, you know, um, life altogether. But Dr. Uh, Jacobson, can you tell me who will be ideally the the ideal person to benefit from this program? Well, uh, the well the ideal is is really is anybody who who they feel that their lives aren't manageable uh, or their emotions aren't manageable. People, if you're if you're not happy with your life, if you're not ha- if you're sabotaging yourself and not getting the things you want, if you're not happy, if you tend to be chronically depressed or anxious. Or angry, you tend to do impulsive, foolish stuff that gets you into trouble, reckless behaviors. You're, you know, you're not getting the life that you really deserve, and you're getting in your own way. And so this, so whether you're on medications or not, that's what this program is for—to help you to uh, control your mind. Really, you know, they talk about we talk about the law of attraction. That, you know, what you think is what you get. You start to think about things you want, and they will come into your life. But it's not quite that simple. I mean, the the, mm-hmm. the law of attraction does work. I believe what you put out there can have an effect uh, on other people and can draw people to you and can draw positive circumstances to you. But right. it can also draw negative uh, right. if you're not in touch with your unconscious. And if your unconscious believes you are guilty and shameful and undeserving and unworthy, even if consciously you think you're a cool person and deserve happiness and success, if unconsciously you don't, 
don't, and you've got this inner critic driving the, the game, then, you know, the law of attraction is going to work against you, and you're going to have obstacles and pitfalls and, and setbacks and failures in your life rather than things working synergistically and smoothly. So that's really... This program is really about getting your mind in order. And when you do and you get rid of all your negative thoughts and your self-destructive thoughts and your, your aggressive thoughts, you know, what's left is somebody who people want to be around. What's left is somebody who people Captain are Jason attracted said, to. I'm not hearing you too well. I'm going to take a short break and come back because I think there's an echoes in the line. So okay. we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thank you so much for being here with us in, live on the air. Uh, today, my guest, Walter, Dr. Walter Jacobson, an MD. He's a California licensed psychiatrist, certified with the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. And uh, we are discussing his new um, upcoming uh, program, Wellness, uh, Emotional Wellness 101. Um, Dr. Jacobson, I'm sorry I put you on on uh, hold because I I don't know if it's just me, but there was an echo in the line and I couldn't hear what you were saying. Could you please repeat what you we were talking about the um, the program and some yeah. of the, okay. I was uh, I, I was talking about in this case uh, the the idea of the law of attraction that what you think is what you get that with the thoughts that you hold in your mind are going to have an impact. On, uh, on the external world, on people who are attracted to you, on opportunities that are attracted to you. And if consciously you think you're uh, you know, a nice person, that's great. But if unconsciously, on a subconscious level, you've got a harsh inner critic which mm -hmm. thinks, you're, thinks you're unworthy and undeserving and not good enough and not lovable and not deserving, then that's going to drive the law of attraction and you're going to have obstacles and setbacks and pitfalls and, uh, and self-sabotaging behaviors uh, as opposed to uh, synergistic cooperation from others. So, so the important part of this program is, and, and manifesting a life, uh, a creative, abundant life that you want, is to really, you want to get your house in order. You want to get your mind in order. You want to understand these unconscious labels and, and that you have. And when you do, and you eliminate negative thoughts, and replace them with positive thoughts, uh, you know, and loving thoughts and nurturing thoughts and supportive thoughts of others, what happens is you become, uh, you're putting that kind of energy out there and you become a person who people want to be around. You become a person who people like, who people want to support and, and people want to give opportunities to. And you'll mm -hmm. find yourself being less likely to be drawn into toxic people, places, and circumstances. So that's what this program is about, is teaching you how to basically love yourself. And when you love yourself and, are, and feel you are a good person, then uh, the law of attraction will work for you rather than against you. Because it is working anyway, right? So my it always works work for us. <laughs> yeah, it works whether you've got happy thoughts or, or negative thoughts. It, you know, either way, that's why you really want to control your mind and control uh, all of your thoughts, the unconscious ones uh, in particular. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I think with with thoughts, our thoughts are very powerful, obviously, and and then they they could be uh, divine thoughts and they could be negative thoughts, and they all, on a deep level, you know, have to do with you know uh, a lot of the self beliefs and all these things that we have, you know, inside of us. But I think you know the the main thing is like to really declutter, you know, our minds because you know we have all these thoughts built up, right? And it depends on how old we are and how long we've been thinking these thoughts and we keep adding to them and adding to them and adding to them and unconsciously, you know, not thinking about what we put it in there. You know, we need to at some point, you know, say, you know what, let me just take some time off. And I, I always said, like, you know, when we were little kids, we, when we did something bad, we used to send for a time out, right? And then they say, okay, you, 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 you are getting a time out. And I, now, you know, in my practice and I teach it my client, I said, you should take some time off, you know, for yourself and just kind of like be quiet and just listen, you know, so what's going on in your head, you know, because I think, you know, the minute we start pausing and reflecting, 
you know, a little bit on the true person and, and disconnect from all the exterior walls for a little bit, you know, all that, that, that news and the crap. And, and I always say I'm, I, I haven't been um, – I made myself a commitment for a long time not to really turn on to the news and listen to the news. I mean, you're still going to be, you know – aware of what's going on in the world because the minute you turn on the computer, you go to Facebook, you're going to hear something. You go to this, you're going to hear something. But you don't keep, need to keep adding to it, you know, by just like, oh, let me turn on the news and listen to what's going on because I have to tell you, there's nothing really good in the news. I haven't heard someone say, oh, you know what, let me tell you about this wonderful, you know, flight that made it to California safe and sound and everybody was happy because they got to this destination. You don't hear something like that, right? Because that would be like so absurd, right? Because people think, what? Who cares? But yet, if unfortunately, you know, a tragic event had happened, we 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 don't we cannot even avoid the news about it, right? And it's going to keep telling you how terrible it is to fly, you know, whatever. It, it it just to me, this is just something that we really need to kind of like you know stop and think about, you know, what is it that we keep feeding our mind, and let's just declutter, let's just make it easier. And um, it's, oh, my God, I can't believe the time. It's already, you know, um, an hour. I just wanted to um, summarize, you know, some of the things, and please add to it before we go off the air. You know, basically, the program that Dr. Um, Jacobson is going to launch, and I think you've heard it here, I hope. I don't know if you talked about this somewhere else, but you heard it here first. And uh, um, the the um, the program will give you tools to take control of your life, so you learn how to regulate your emotion, manage your anxiety, control your impulses, effectively communicate with others, effectively manage your stress, and effectively navigate your life by el- eliminating self-sabotaging behaviors that have gotten you have gotten in the way of your happiness, your physical well-being, and your material success. And hopefully without the use of medication. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Dr. Jacobson, to what I just said? I'll just follow up quickly on on two things. One is, yes, you're absolutely right about the news, talk shows, talk radio, uh, whatever. People spend way too much time uh, just focusing on this stuff, and most of it is negative and violent and aggressive and angry and full of hate and judgment. And uh, so if you want to stay informed, find something that will inform you about what's going on and then turn off all of this noise. It's a bunch of crap. Uh, These people don't care about you. They're just trying to make money off of your emotions. Secondly, you mentioned about stopping and pausing, and that's uh, one of the techniques we use. I I call it stop, look, and listen. When you're caught up in an emotional outburst or or a state, uh, stop, uh, disengage, look at the data, look at the evidence, uh, what's true and false, what's realistic, what's not, and then listen to your higher self, to that voice which knows what's best. You do this, you take the time to pause and think, uh, you'll have better outcomes. True to that, beautifully said, and I'm always grateful for your knowledge and your expertise and sharing it with us, uh, Dr. Jacobson. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate Thank you. It. And again, you know, make sure you visit Dr. Jacobson to know more about the, the his upcoming program. You can visit him at www.walterjacobsonmd.com. That's Walter J A C O B S O N M D dot com. And uh, you can send him an email there. He can put you on his waiting list, I guess, or whatever, you know, when mm-hmm. the when the program gets launched, right, Dr. Jacobson? Mm-hmm. I'm, okay, I'm not sure with the detail. I didn't discuss that with you. And then, there w- therefore, you will be informed when the program is uh, is available for you. And remember, you know, it's your life. Make it your way. Live it your way. Don't live it someone else's way. Don't let anyone tell you how to live your life. You know, question everything, question everything. Find out more information about you and how whatever it is that you do is going to benefit you and how is it going to make your life better. That's the bottom. Uh, um, that's the key that I wanted to, to, to end uh, um, the show with. You know, it's, it's your life. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, the bottom line, nobody lives your life but you. So, you know, it, that's all it is, right? Mm-hmm. All right, my friends. So until next time, and stay tuned. Next week, I will devote the show to discuss my new audio book, Your Life, Your Way, The Ten Must Have Goals to um, Achieve, uh, uh, Improve Your Life. And so with uh, all that being said, have an amazing day. It's still early in California. And uh, until next time, we'll talk again. Thank you, Walter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Are you ready to put an end to thinking about how you wish it were and take action? Take this step to find out more by going to coachingbyria.com and you can receive your free consultation session with Coach Rhea.